Hi listeners, today's episode is all about getting over that feeling of feeling lost. What are some of the examples of human experiences that you had that you think shaped who you are today? What was one of the earliest memories, maybe? My mom is a Bible scholar, and she reads the Bible every day. Not all of it, but she, mm. she moves through it every single day. What I found fascinating is that she's been reading the same book for decades now, and every day she'll send me an email or a message about a scripture and how it pertains to her life as she sees it now in this moment, how it has been and how she thinks it will be. And what I found particularly fascinating about that is the fact that it's the same book and yet it keeps meaning so many different things to her. The same story, but it keeps meaning so many different things. And I sometimes think about my life in that way is depending on where I am, depending on the moment, depending on where I've been and where I'm going, the same experience reveals a different part of me. The same experience reveals why I am who I am or why I'm doing what I'm doing or why I even have an idea of who I am or why I am. And so recently, maybe, since you know, you're asking me, what is one of these things? What is something? I think back to how not having shaped how I see the world, shaped how I move in the world, you know, not having food sometimes, not having money sometimes, not even having luxury items sometimes, you know, whether it be clothing or cars, whatever it may be. But, but recently I've, I've found myself going, man, so much of how you define yourself is through the lens of having or not having, particularly because of how you grew up. Mm. And so it's, it's not about having or not having now, but it's in the small things, you know, it's like how I order food or why I order the food that I do in the way that I do is partially because of having or not having. And mm. so I would say that's maybe one of the biggest experiences that I find has, um, yeah, has recently been like just shining a light on, on, on how I grew up. Yeah, that's fascinating. I, I've often reflected on something similar and I've called it gifts or gaps the having or not having. Interesting. So certain gifts that I had growing up, I yeah. handed to me by yeah. my parents or by my family. Oh, wow, oh, okay. Right? Uh, often and then what I, are the gaps? Well, there were gaps, like there were things that you didn't have. Mm -hmm. So whether that would be uh, a present parent or a, right. uh, I didn't have the latest Nike mm -hmm. sneakers mm -hmm. or Nike shoes as we would call, call them. Call them Nike. In yeah, London, same, yeah, I'll call them Nike. Yeah, exactly. Call them Nike. Yeah, Nike. Yeah, you meet yeah, Americans, you sound like an idiot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nike and Adidas. <laughs> yes. As I say, Adidas, not Adidas. Uh, and, and so those kind of gaps, and obviously those are very crude examples, yeah, but, yeah. And, and do you find yourself editing those now? Like, do you find yourself saying, okay, I didn't have this and therefore I have this behavior. I did have this and therefore I have this behavior. Do you feel like your behavior today wants an upgrade because of your new lifestyle or a downgrade? Or you kind of think, no, I'm happy living with the same beliefs and values and systems that I had from back then. All I'm constantly trying to do is acknowledge them. Mm. I try my best to eliminate good or bad. Mm. I really do. And the reason I do that is not because, you know, I, I exist in a, in a spiritual world, although I, I think we all do, but I, not because of that. I think of it more because I realize 
everything and everyone is going to have a good or bad, mm. you know? So I have yet to meet a person who doesn't think some parts of their childhood were tough. Yes. But now it's when we compare the toughness that, that people then say, oh, actually, I didn't have it tough. You had it tough. And, and, you know, like people will say to me, oh, man, you grew up so poor in South Africa and, the, mm. you know, growing up in the township and whatever. And I would say to them, I didn't feel like this because I would see, for instance, the slums in India. Mm. I go like, man, yo. And, and, and maybe I was lucky, funny enough, because in South Africa we had news that was, was global and because it was... Uh, it was so, um, I think it was so broad. Mm. I had an awareness. So I didn't think what I was living through was the worst possible thing. Yes. But now relative to how many other people live, they've put me down at the bottom of a list. Yes, you know? yes, yes. And yeah, and, yeah, and so I, I, I often don't think of it as good or bad. Mm. I, I just try and go, oh, that happened, that didn't happen. Because of that, I adapted accordingly. You know, so, yeah. you know, there's, there's a lot of rainfall so then this plant will start growing in that way. There isn't as much rainfall, the plant will grow another way. Is it good or is it bad? That's oftentimes something that's subjective because of who runs the world or who yeah. tells us how the world should be or isn't. Or You, you, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, no, and, and I love that you've simplified it as awareness because that awareness or acknowledgement, I as try, you said, yeah, try. Of, of keeping it that way is often quite sacred to be yeah. able to say, no, I'm just observing, I'm just seeing. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> but it's and, hard. Yeah, it's hard. And you reminded me, I was... I was nine years old when I first visited India. I was born and raised in London, uh -huh. but my my mom I was actually was born and raised in Yemen, and my father was born and raised in India. But my parents are Indian. What part of India? Uh, my father was from Mangalore, okay. which is like southern India, okay. and then my mother is from Gujarat, which is northern right, India. Right. But she was born and raised in Yemen, so she moved to London when she was sixteen. Mm -hmm. But when I went to India for the first time when I was nine years old. I remember we were in a car and we were not well off, so we weren't staying in a fancy hotel or mm -hmm. whatever, but mm -hmm. we had enough money to visit, which is significant mm -hmm. for the air flight. And I remember going in this car and you just sparked this. And I remember like stopping at a traffic light mm -hmm. and just looking out and I saw all these slums. And I mean, I'd never seen something like that in London. And I saw these little legs poking out of like a barrel of a trash can. And and I was just, and the legs looked little, like of someone my age, like wow. around. And, and then slowly I saw the whole, her whole body come out. Mm -hmm. And it was this girl and she didn't have any hands. And she'd just been like trying to scrape the body. And I remember being nine years old and she was Oof. probably like maybe the same age, maybe a little less. Like, and I remember just looking at her and feeling like totally helpless because I was in the car on the other side of the highway and I can't go and help her, I want to, but I also don't know what help means as a nine-year-old. And it was one of those experiences that, you know, and then I went back, I remember to my hotel, and I remember hearing like someone was arguing about not enough menu options on the buffet. Oof. And it was just, it was like, as a night, it was like connecting the dots, as you're saying, of yeah. like, you know, when you see your experience and then you see someone else's experience. Have, have you found that, what you did go through that you ever needed to process it or heal it or because you had that perspective since day one that that you never needed that that it was just like no this is my experience and i'm used to it or mm -hmm. were there were there moments of where you had to revisit and i work on healing every day mm. you know i grew up in a world where we almost didn't have the time nor the resources to heal mm. and i think for a long time I was very comfortable in accepting that as just being my world. Oh, that happened. Uh, I, you know, I shrug it off and you keep on moving. 
Wow. Yeah, you, you shrug it off. That happened, that happened to you, you know, domestic abuse, uh, okay, poverty, whatever it may be, violence in the community or at home, whatever. Yeah, but that happens. You keep it moving. You shrug it off because it is happening. And funny enough, you can grow up, and I knew I grew up in a world where I created this narrative in my head that it was not bad because it was happening to everyone. Mm. Wow. wow. And so wow, 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 yeah. now most of my life, you know, is spent acknowledging that it was bad and then spending a lot of time acknowledging how the bad created coping mechanisms or tools that I then use in my life every single day and how I can accept those parts of myself whilst also not glorifying the things that happened. Just mm. sometimes I, I, I fight so with fun. a lot of people when they do this. I, I, I fight with all my <laughs> friends, by the way. <laughs> I friends it. from back home? Anyone, yeah, anyone. Okay, I fight yeah. from friends, with friends yeah. from back home. I fight with anyone, Jay, anyone. <laughs> I'm never grateful for suffering. I'm never grateful for pain. I'm, never, mm. I'm not grateful for those things. Mm. What I work to be grateful for is the resiliency that mm. may exist in my family mm. and our ability to adapt. But I'm not gonna be grateful for a horrible thing that happened to me or the people in my life. Yes. Because we learned how to deal with it. Yeah. You know, I would like to live in a world where my child doesn't have to develop that tool. Let them in develop that way. another tool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let them, let their tool be, I had to figure out, uh, you know, how to feel good about myself when I couldn't get as many TikTok followers as I wanted. <laughs> let that, fine, let that be their tool. Yeah. But I, 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 and I understand the, you know, the esoteric idea. I understand what people are saying sometimes, but I, I'm, I'm almost allergic to it because I think sometimes what it does is it justifies what people are going through, or it justifies the idea that we, we, we don't need to do more, or people aren't going through something bad because it, it creates the best. It yeah. makes diamonds. It makes, it can create diamonds. And I'm like, yeah, but what it can also do is pulverize a lot of people into dust, Yeah, you know? And so diamonds are the exception. I, I, I'm often careful to think about, you know? Uh, yeah. And I'm sure, I'm sure you understand what I mean. Yeah, I mean, hearing you actually, what I find is that it, at least what I took away from that is that it's the same thought, it's just a deeper level of the same thought. Like it's with more clarity. Like it's like, I think sometimes we hear that idea of be grateful for everything or right. be grateful yeah. for the suffering. And if you don't really think that through, you can try and artificially put that Band-Aid. Maybe that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and you just kind of try and like, oh yeah, put the Band-Aid on, mm -hmm. like put the Band-Aid on of mm -hmm. gratitude, gratitude. Mm -hmm. But it's like when you internalize that and you process it, that's when you can, what you're doing, which is like clearly sectioning it off and right. saying, I'm not grateful for the act of violence or I'm not exactly. grateful for the suffering, as exactly. you said, but I can be grateful for the quality that, resilience, et cetera, yeah. that helped me push through. Yeah. But I think that's, to me, that's just a deeper, more refined thought out of practicing gratitude almost. Do you think, like, I've always, I've yeah. always wanted to know, as a, like, yeah. you know, as a monk, are you forced to just be grateful for everything, regardless of, of what it is? No, I, I think what you're saying is far more aligned with what I would think. Like, oh, okay. okay. As, in, as in, I think that there's two parts, right? One is what the philosophy tries to share or, yeah. or state. And then it's what you learn in the practice of that philosophy. So if you try and be grateful, like I just had, uh, this, this literally just happened, hence I'm talking about it. I just had a double inguinal hernia surgery. 
uh, which means that both my hernias, which are on either side of my groin, had to, wow. had to have incisions in my stomach wow. and a mesh put in yep. there. It's not life-threatening, but it's massively inconvenient. Yes. And I was I didn't work for three weeks. This mm -hmm. is my first week back at work. And I'm feeling the much- fun, The funniest is when you you try and um, you, you you have like a sneeze or a cough the first time. Have you had this? Yeah, and then you Oh my God, that makes- funny, The funniest is when it happens. And the first time you don't realize how painful it would be. And now your body doesn't allow you to cough or sneeze or, but it's amazing. It's almost funny to what we're talking about. <laughs> this is what I mean, right? It is amazing how quickly your body responds to trauma or pain. Yes. It's amazing at how quickly it works to protect you from it. Because if I said to you, don't sneeze or don't cough for three weeks, it's impossible. Yeah. But one cough and one sneeze when you've had your hernia oh or any God. surgery that's abdominal, your body goes, I never want to experience that again. Never. And then you don't know, you know exactly, but you know, <laughs> I know exactly, exactly what I mean. I know exactly what you mean. Uh, for the first, I was scared that I was going to pop my hernia yes, again. Yes, yes, exactly. It's so, the fear. Yeah, it's there you the go. fear. Yeah. And so I'm walking around with a pillow like halfway <laughs> through the day. And my wife's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I might cough. And she's laughing at me. I'm like, you can't make me laugh either. Like, I was like, I couldn't watch comedy for yes, three weeks. Because yeah. you can't laugh. It hurts right. so much. But the reason I brought that up was like, am I grateful I got a hernia? No, like, why would I be grateful that I've been working out, I eat healthy, yes, I'm like, right. you know, I'm very, I'm a mindful individual, but I ended up with this from whatever, from yeah. working out and everything. I'm not grateful for the hernia, but I'm grateful for the journey I chose to take during the experience Got it. Got it. that has helped me have new appreciations. Yes. And so I, I think the point of, at least, I mean, going to what you suggested, like how would a monk think about gratitude? I don't think any quality or value was embodied by force or by prescription without okay. reflection. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, that so does like make sense. Anything without reflection is practically okay. yeah, not the right way to do right. it. Right, anyway, that makes sense. Yeah. No, I, I, I yeah. like that. I really do fight with a lot of people about this. <laughs> and no, and I, you know, I, obviously when I say fight, I mean, that's how we use it in South Africa. Funny enough, in India as well, I'm sure you know this. Yes. When I was in India, I went recently and what I loved is how people argue about everything. <laughs> and like one of the guys who was there is a friend of mine now. And you know, we're arguing back and forth, we're arguing. And then like his friend steps in and he's like, Trevor, he's like, I'm so sorry, Trevor. Please, whip, I apologize. You know, he's not fighting with you. This is how we do it in India. And I'm like, oh, I was like, this is amazing. I, get it, yeah. I want to live in this country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's get into it. But this is what I I argue with people about sometimes where I say, yeah, I don't have to be grateful for it. Yes. Because I often say, and maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong here. That's how I see it. I have found for myself, and maybe for others at times, we are so attached to the idea of who we are, mm. the story that we've told ourselves, the story that we continue to tell ourselves, who we are, who we wish to be, who we should be, you know, whether it's designed by what our parents always said about us. You're such a quiet child. You're such a lovely person. You're so kind. You're so polite. And you go, that I am, oh, sh I should be then. I, mm. You know, whatever it may be. But sometimes I find I, I would get so attached to that mm. that then I would be afraid to let go of the things that may be holding me back because I don't want to lose me. Because who is me if I don't have the pain? Who is me if I don't have the trauma? Who is me if I don't have the, the mistrust? I don't want to lose me. Yeah. I'm me. I know me. What if I'm not me? I love me. And if I want to lose me, do I still love me? And it, it, I, that's what I find the thing yeah. is. And so... What I found helps me, you know, and I'll, I'll say to some of my friends as I go, I do not need to live my life believing that I would not be me or I do not love me if I wish for these things to not happen. Mm. 
but I'd rather go, I would have learned something else. So I learned a different part of my body. I learned how to work through pain. I learned how to move differently because yes. of a hernia. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Oh, I'm grateful that I can learn. Yeah. I'm grateful that I can recover. I'm grateful that maybe I even learned how to rest a little bit. Yes. Take yeah. some time Slow off. Slow down, yeah. Slow down, Jay. But I also sit with it and go, but if I didn't have that hernia, if I didn't have that trauma as a child, I would have had the opportunity to learn something else. Yes. So maybe my tool wouldn't have been used on this. It would have been used on something else. And that yes. doesn't diminish me or, or who I think I am. It just allows me to almost exist infinitely and go, well, then I can try to be whatever me exists. Yeah. You know, and you, it's like skin. It's like hair. It's like we're always losing us is what I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the cells in our bodies are changing all the time. Right? losing yeah, us. Yeah, I'm yeah. always trying that and it's scary. That's, uh, yeah, it's scary because I think humans look for certainty as safety yeah. and security and stability. But I was going to ask you that, like what you started to touch on there, which I, which I'm, which I love is like identity, belonging. Mm -hmm. And these are things that you talk about so much in your past as well. And what you're basically saying is that, well, if we're open to our identity changing mm -hmm. and we're open to our home changing, I mean, do you still feel attached to a sense of home? Like what is home to you today? Like how would you, how do you think about the word home? For me, the true definition of the word home is familiar, mm. of the family. It's a repeated interaction. That's all home is to me. Mm. You know, the reason you call it my home is because you go back to it every single day. Mm. Uh, if somebody flipped all the furniture and the house every day, you find you wouldn't, it, you'd say it doesn't feel like home, yes. but it is your home. Yes. You know, I, I think- It's your house, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My friends are my home. The languages, you know, I speak are my home. The food I eat in South Africa is my home, but my home starts to grow. It starts to change. Mm. You know, I, I said this to a friend of mine when I got back from India. I said, man, it felt like home. And he was like, what are you, India? <laughs> I said, it's crazy, but it felt like home. Wow. You know, there, there were parts of Delhi where I was like, this feels like home. Wow. You know, there were parts of Bangalore, Bengaluru, where it's like, this feels like home. Wow. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. and people are like, what, how can it feel like home? I was like, well, maybe because part of it is reminiscent you know, it reminds me of South Africa. We have an Indian population. It's huge, one of the biggest in the world. We, we have Indian culture. We, but also it's just, it's, it feels familiar. It feels like home. And so mm. for me, that's, that's what home means, is, mm. is, is a sense of the familiar. You know, you can even experience randomly if you travel a lot in a hotel that you always frequent, it feels like home. Yeah. So that's what, you know, that's what home means for me. Yeah. It's just that, you know... And you feel that in New York too when you're here. Like yeah. you, you find that you have that because of that familiarity. Mm -hmm. yeah. You feel like, I always see you and I always, it seems to me like you're always home. I don't know why. That's, that's a nice thing for you to say. Genuinely, it always yeah. seems like, I never feel like you, you're uncomfortable. I never feel like you, but I don't know if that's just what you put out. No, I, 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 would, it's, I was going to define it now. It's contextually sharing now, but I, my definition of home have, has always been where I feel I'm living my purpose. Oh. So that's always been my purpose. So, and I genuinely feel like that where I could wake up and be in another city or another country or another seat. And as long as I'm, this is my, like, I feel this, I'm doing my purpose tonight with you yeah. and that's why I'm here. Help and, me understand. So how would you, because I, I, yeah. I can try to understand it, but what, what would you say your, you feel your purpose is? So my purpose is to help other people find their purpose. Okay. And to me, my purpose is to be a vessel of being able to expose people 
to a number of different ideas, insights, paths, stories, walks of life so that they can find theirs. I don't think everyone's purpose looks like mine. I don't think everyone's path looks like mine because I think one of the best things I got when I was a kid, and again, it goes back to my childhood experiences, Mm -hmm. my dad was really worried that I didn't read enough. And I would never be interested in reading fiction books at school. So we'd get the fiction books like Goosebumps and then later on Mm -hmm. Harry Potter Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. all these books. And I would never read them and I wouldn't have any interest in them. So my dad was worried and my mom was worried that this kid's not going to read. And now I was about about 13 going on 14 and I still wasn't reading a lot. And so my dad started giving me biographies and autobiographies. And so I read like, by the time I was 16, I'd read Malcolm X, uh, Martin Luther King. Wow. Uh, I was also reading like David Beckham and Dwayne yeah, yeah, Johnson yeah. because yeah. I was a massive soccer football fan. And so I started just like collecting all these stories. And then as I told you, when I sat on your show, like I met a monk when I was 18 and that was the story that my purpose felt connected to. Got it. And so now I feel I'm like, well, someone's going to listen to Trevor's story and feel far more connected. Interesting. And that may spark this kid out there to say, hey, maybe that's the kind of direction I want to go in. I feel like today we're, we're exposed to the same people online and on TV and streaming, and we're also exposed to the same parts of them. That's true. And my hope is that this podcast, even if you're seeing someone who's famous and popular mm-hmm. like yourself, mm-hmm. hopefully people get a deeper insight into someone famous and popular, saying. or they get to meet someone random who's not famous and popular, mm-hmm. but is interesting. So anyway, that's that's my purpose. Okay. Wow. So I feel like if I'm doing that in a city, in a you're country, home. I'm, I'm home. And it's because uh, one of the famous scholars, and you're talking about your mother being a scriptural scholar and like such an avid reader, Uh, I never met this scholar, but my monk teachers would often quote him. And he said that the only place higher than like the spiritual realm, uh, and it would be poetry, but also, you know, literal Mm -hmm. as well, that the only place higher than being in heaven or the spiritual realm is a place you live your purpose. And And that idea always like connected with me because then I was like, oh, so I could be in the middle of chaos, but still feel at home. Right. And so it gives me a sense of comfort and... You know, that's what keeps me going when the day's tough, when things are mm-hmm, going whatever mm-hmm, they are. Mm-hmm. It's it's something that comforts me and it works for me. That's a really great purpose to have because, I mean, there's always people to help. There are always journeys waiting to be embarked upon. That's, yeah, 